Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What a deal. Listen, um, this is not a great week for any of us. Um, there's nothing to add to what the Sixers do. It's every year now at this point that there's some sort of disappointment involved. I feel like... I have disappointed – I have been disappointed more than a high school parent has by their kid doing something stupid because it's just happening over and over and over again at this point, and there just comes to be a point where you have to be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's – it's. Um, I mean, what else can you say? Um, Every single year – it's some BS. Every yep. single year, there's a lack of effort. Every single year, they go out there and, using hockey terminology, play like dead fish. They don't look like a championship team. They didn't play aggressive enough. They let us all down once again, and good Lord knows where they're going to go from here. Well, I, I might be overreacting a little bit, but it comes to be a point in time where, as a fan, you're loyal to a team when that team just constantly lets you down year after year after year in the yeah. same position, you are fed up. They haven't had the right answers and the moves that they've made, although some good, they haven't had the answer to the call. Well, it, it seems like every year it, it's always something, right? You know, this year it was Embiid getting hurt. Along with the fact that, yes, you're right they come out and play just not hard enough. Uh, they get outworked, they get out muscled. They just, they, and at times they do look like dead fish out there. They look Uh, lackadaisical. When you see Jimmy Butler driving the lane to get his own rebound and there's not a single sixer there, the hell are you doing? Yeah. It it was just a combination of, like I said, Embiid's injury and the team just not playing hard enough. And that, you know, that includes, you know, Embiid at times. And again, I'm not going to, you know, harp on him because he was playing with a broken face and, a, you know, a torn thumb and, you know, concussion probably. Um, but, I mean, the other guys too. Um, you know, Harden's going to be, is going to be uh, talked about a lot this offseason, um, as is, you know, as is Embiid, uh, Doc Rivers as well, you know, as he is every offseason, it seems. Um. <laughs> But yeah, especially this one. So, but yeah, it's just it's a combination of of injury and just just not uh, not coming out and playing hard enough is is what it came down to. In, in this episode, we're, we're really going to look into what players the Sixers could even sign to help improve their bench and what moves they have to make. Obviously, the unit that they have in place at this moment is not good enough. And, of course, there's going to be people who get pissed off at who we say, but half of the team just doesn't put out the effort that's needed to win. And I don't know if that's an organizational fault or if that's just a team that we have in place, but something has to change. And I thought that changed when we brought in James Harden. I I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, it's going to be interesting all season. We'll see. Um, You know, uh, know, we're going to see if Harden – um, you know, accepts the player option. He said he would, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, th- this year upcoming is, is Tobias Harris's last year on his contract, so we'll see if, you know, I mean, he may not play the whole season with the Sixers. He may not even begin the season with the Sixers, or we keep him for his last year. Who knows? Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how, how he, you know, how that works out. And then just among other things, too. Um, you know, Danny Green tearing his ACL on the last game of the season. Um, so he'll probably miss most, if not all, next season. And then, yeah, just like you said, what what can they possibly do to to fix their bench issues, which is a theme now. Um, every year in the playoffs, our bench just continues to not show up. Um, so we'll see. It, it's going to be a very interesting offseason, though. All right, let's, yeah, let's uh let's move on to the Phillies. 
they had a really good series against the Dodgers, but their bullpen just is really inconsistent. So what what do you see here? The, the bats are alive. Uh, yeah. Is it permanent? I hope so, man. I mean, Bryce Harper is on a tear right now. Even with uh, the other injury. That's even an understatement. Um, yeah, he, he's unbelievable right now. Um, Castellanos has, has been playing well all year long. Uh, Alec Bohm is, is, is hitting hit, like his 2020 ways. Um, you know, Hoskins started off slow, but he's starting to find it a little bit. Um, even Schwarber starting to find it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it's the bullpen, man. Um, yet again, it's, it's the Phillies Achilles heel for the past four years at this point. Um, I mean, yeah, again, you know, they, they took three out of four from the Dodgers, which is a great, you know, a great feat in and of itself, but you can just tell one hell of a team too. So they are a phenomenal team. Um, but you can just tell that the bullpen isn't up to par, um, you know, in the, in the, I think it was a 12, 10 game. Um, it was just back and forth at that point. Um, and then this, this last game, uh, the, the Dodgers, I mean, we're up, we were up four, nothing at one point, I believe in, in the game, uh, you know, and the, and the Dodgers chipped where chipped their way back, made it four, one, four, two, four, three, and then heading into the ninth, you know, they, they were able to score a couple runs and win it. So, you know, the bullpen, I'm not going to say it's as bad as last year, but you know, it's still not great as of right now. So hopefully they can, I mean, again, it's still early, but hopefully they can, you know, bounce back and, um, you know, stay up to par with what the lineup's doing. Yeah, I, I want to get more into the Phillies lineup, early woes and what's happening. And, you know, I, I do want to talk about a lot of people bring up the temperature with the baseball as it warms up, the ball's likely to fly more. Uh, but I, I have an argument against that that I want to bring up, and I, I hope you uh, humor me with it. Sure. Uh, at this point, though, I have nothing left. What you say, Chip A? Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. Talk nightmare scenarios, ultimate sadness and disappointment like no other. Let's go Sixers. You know what sucks? This every single year. Yeah. But we ha- we have to go through it, right? And then we have to come on here and talk about it. I think uh, after the game was over, I remember asking you, like, do we really have to record about the Sixers on Monday? Because all I'm going to do is repeat everything that I said when it happened, except yeah. just probably – a lot calmer. Yeah. Still the same sentiment, just less yelling. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, yeah. We, I mean, when it happens, you're you're angry, but then it, you know it it like sinks in, and then you get less angry, but you're still questioning existence. Yeah, uh, I. It's moments like this where the astronaut with a gun meme where it's one astronaut pointing the gun at the back of another astronaut and one astronaut's like, wait, it was always endless suffering and it was all Philly sports logos. Yeah. That meme embodies what the Sixers do every year. So let's get into it. They went out there and it didn't didn't look like they cared. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, there was a point where they kept it close and it looked like they had these little runs going, but everyone kept talking heat culture, this and heat culture, that God damn it. I don't want to hear about heat culture. You could obviously tell that the Sixers just went out there. and didn't give a damn. Well, you would think that after getting absolutely obliterated by 35 manhandled, destroyed, decimated, you, you would come out and with a little more urgency, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially what you're saying is, the Sixers are going to do what the Sixers do, which is disappoint every single year. Go ahead. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're spot on. I mean, like I said, you would think after getting absolutely, you know, manhandled, that they would come out with a little more oomph, if you will. Um, but it didn't happen. Uh, James Harden was non-existent. 
Uh-huh. He didn't take a he didn't take a shot in the second half. Uh he took eleven shots total in the game. And none in the second half. Um half. really nobody would play well. Uh mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as much as we love Embiid, he didn't play well. But again, I'm not going to really crack. You on know, him. he he played with multiple injuries. So okay, he, play, he played. Look, listen, he. I mean, he, he's going to tell you that he played horribly, but he played as well as you can with a broken face, a torn thumb, probably a concussion, and a mask on your face. I mean, you know, like it's it's hard. I mean, NBA basketball is hard as it is. Um. So. You know, and again, you know, Tobias Harris, he was probably the only one that showed up consistently through the playoffs. But even, I mean, just nobody played well. Nobody did. And yeah, it was at home and uh, we showed no fight at all. And it, frankly, it was pretty embarrassing, if uh, let me be honest with you. So I, I want to piggyback off of the one thing with Embiid. When you said as good as you can with all the injuries, look, he gets a pass more than anyone else because of how hard he went out there and played. Yeah. But, but, you know, one of his biggest flaws that I've noticed that he has, and this happened last year against the Hawks with the amount of turnovers. Oh, my God. Look. That is something that he has to address because it's getting to the point where it's every single time he drives. I don't know what it is, but at a certain point in the series, whoever we're playing figures out, oh, he's just going to make the same move every single time, reach in, get all ball. And, you know, the same thing was happening in James Harden, except James Harden kept kicking it out of bounds on top of it. Well, it's not even like the team's adjusting. It's just like we we give the we give them the ball. Yeah. Like Embiid has the worst butterfingers I've ever seen. And James Harden, every time he drives to the lane, he's looking for a foul call and just chucks the ball up in the air. He doesn't get the call, and then it's a turnover. Yep. So it's not like the team is adjusting. It's just the Sixers are giving them the ball. See, you know, I want to go ahead and break that down a little bit. At this point in his career with James Harden, in Joel Embiid's press conference, he said it best. He's not the Houston Harden anymore, but he is a crazy playmaker, and we saw his ability to make these insane passes all year yeah. long. We saw his ability yeah. to create shots, find find people open late in the shot clock. That's what I expect out of him now, and that's the baseline that he set. I'm not going to sit here and say that I expected him to score 45 every single night. Yeah. But if you want to be a playmaker – and you're not going to get those foul calls anymore. You have to be that role only, you know, if they leave you open and you can hit threes like you did in what game, uh, like you did in game four. Great. But I didn't see any open looks for him to begin with. The shots that were taking were bad. If I'm being honest with you, he's right now. He's our third option. Tobias is probably number two that series. That series, yes, but I'm I'm talking like future. I'm talking Embiid oh, one, yeah, yeah. Maxi two. In terms of scoring, in terms of scoring, I'm just saying I'm just yeah, like yeah, yeah. purely scoring. Embiid one, Maxi two, Harden three. As of right now, I mean that might be harsh to say, but that's the way I see it. And, and that's not. And, with, but don't take that as a negative. You know, no, we just no, have to no, look no, no, at no, where no. he is in his career, and Harden, that is where he is. Harden is 33 years old. He, I mean, even he knows he like, and like you said, and like Embiid said, he's not the Harden of Houston anymore. He's just not, he's not getting the same calls that he used to. He's not the, these, this all world three point shooter that he, he's still good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not, he, he just, you know, I mean that's what happens when you get older. You lose, you, you know, you lose a step a little bit. That doesn't mean you can't be effective on the floor. Yeah, he's still averaging twenty something points a game. He's not yeah, bad. and that's that's fine. Like twenty point. I mean, the thing I want most out of him is the assist. Like just just be the facilitator and the and the you know be the point guard. That that's what he needs to be. 
And if he can score, that's fantastic. That's great. But the biggest thing to me is is the the facilitator of the offense because that would because that made the Sixers a better team. So I'm not expecting Harden to be, you know, the MVP anymore. But you know, I mean, he didn't play well, <laughs> so. I would like a little more out of him, but, you know, what do you end up? Let's move off of Harden and Embiid because, you know, Harden had a really bad game six. You know, yeah. you just it is what it is. He's got to take the criticism on that. But was it his fault that we lost that series? No. Not yeah. at all. Everyone just keeps comparing him to Ben Simmons last year because, you know, oh, we're the national media, and goddamn, we hate Philadelphia because we're just a bunch of ass is – See, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't say the second part of that word, so we can keep that in. Um, <laughs> look, regardless of what the media says on this one, Harden is in the Sixers' future plans. Yep. So that is what it is. He's and actually willing he to may- play basketball, so that's fine. I mean, he might not even, like, he may not even ask for a max contract. Like, and again, I know, you know, the media, I mean, the media is going to ask every time and, and, you know, you can't really believe everything they say up there, but, um, the media was like, if you, if they offer anything less than a max contract, would you accept? And he said, I'm, I'm going to do what it takes for this team to win. Now, again, take that with, you take that with a grain of salt, you know, you, you can't really, you know, I hate to say it, but you can't really believe everything they say up there. Um, but I think what's going to happen is the Sixers are going to give him a fair deal and what Harden probably wants. And I'm not putting word in his words in his mouth because yeah. I'm not James Harden. But I think at the later you get in your career, the more you want to win. Yeah. And he's already gotten the bag a few times, you know, two, yeah. two times. So that might not be the most important thing. Obviously, he's not going to take chump change. Right. But if he's able to give the Sixers enough leeway to bring in a guy that him and Embiid would want to work together with, I'd be fine with it. Or just depth in general. Yeah. Like the team, think about it this way with the starting five that we currently had, if we had bench depth and were able to not give up a 12 point lead every single time we took Joel Embiid out of the game. Yeah. How much better would we have been this year? And like, and you're right, but like, here's the thing, right? Your bench obviously isn't as good as you're starting a lineup. And that's, you know, that's understandable. Like you're, there's going to be, there might be some drop off when your bench comes in and that's fine, but it can't be the substantial otherworldly drop where you're going on, where the other team is going on 20 to two runs. And every time your bench comes in, that's a problem. (laughs) So, you know, in order to be a championship contender, when your bench comes in, they got to be able to, to sustain and, you know, if it's a lead, they got to keep that lead. If they're trying to get back into the game, they got to keep, you know, they got to try to get back in the game. So it, it can't be the substantial drop off where the other team's like, all right, their bench is in. We're going to score 40 straight. You know what I mean? Like, it can't, you can't do that. And it's uh, been happening in the Sixers for years. Look, I, I think one thing that we don't consider very much, and I was reading up on this a little bit. We were talking about it before, too. Doc Rivers actually did a, a very good job of bringing in role players to this team last year. Andre Drummond and George Niang both said that Doc Rivers talking to them and recruiting them was really important as to why they came here. Now, yeah. Andre Drummond was gone after the Ben Simmons trade, but up until that point, he was a steady and consistent option at backup center. Yeah. When he left, you saw how quickly that deteriorated with DeAndre Jordan. Well, and you're right. And you're, you're not like, uh, obviously, you know, I mean, to me, even if you keep Drummond, I still don't think they win that series, but right. It, it makes it, it tighter. Their bet. I mean, it does, but their, their, their bench took a significant hit after that trade for sure. Drummond was a rebound machine. And the place I found that we struggled a lot off of, well, one were turnovers and two were the fact that the heat kept getting offensive rebounds. We yes. saw the same thing against Toronto as well. And yep. Andre Drummond was a rebound machine. So exactly. Uh, 
I hate to put it that way, but he, he was an integral factor to the offense because when you have a guy like Andre Drummond coming in off the bench, who's like, you know, at this stage in his career is still a near starter, if not a like latter end starter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to replace him with. It sure as hell wasn't DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. And again, I really hate to keep slandering DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Nothing against the guy. <laughs> I really don't. I'm sorry. It's just. Well, thank God, you know, he's going to be going next year. But, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in between. Like, obviously, I want the bench to be, you know, they want, I want to add more guys to the bench. But, you know, a part of me kind of wants to see what the young guys have. That's true. I understand where you're coming from right now. But at this point, at the stage of Joel's career, at the stage yeah. of James Harden's career, yeah. at the stage of whoever else I assume they're going to bring in their career, yeah, it's going to have to be a win now. And what I see happening, there's going to be a couple young guys that get their opportunity. I think Paul Reed's going to spend a lot of time developing over the summer. I really think if they're able to get him to stop jumping at every single pump fake, <laughs> he's not a bad He's not bad out there, but the fouls. That's the, the thing. Like, even more, even when he was out there on the floor, like when DeAndre Jordan was out there, it was brutal. But when Paul Reed was out there, it actually wasn't that bad if you look at the numbers. So right. you definitely, you know, it's definitely something to build on. So uh, looking at the bench, we need a couple of wing shooters. Yeah. Uh, if there is, I don't even know if you need a backup center at this point because if Paul Reed's going to develop, but he wasn't enough last series. So, I mean, again, like, I want to see what Charles Bassey has, but I, I completely get it. Like, Embiid, you know, with Harden and Embiid, and, you know, they want to win now. Um, I think I think Bassey could be a really good, solid NBA player, but, you know, it's going to be hard for him to get minutes on the floor next year. But, I, I, I mean, personally, I would like to see it. But, um, I mean, Drummond, Drummond is a free agent. You could always bring him back. Um as your backup again and not if trade him. Wants to, you know, he could have soured on the Sixers after that trade. Yeah. If he wanted to go, you never know. You never know. But I mean, like you said, Doc Rivers talked to him last year and he brought him in. So hopefully, you know, maybe he can do the same thing. I, I don't know. Um, but I mean, Seth Curry went to the game. I think he went to game four or whatever it was, game three, whatever it was in, in Philadelphia. So, I mean, obviously, you know, Doc Rivers is, is, is his father. Yeah, his father in law. I, mean, I mean, there's definitely still some ties there, you know. So, he still has a year left in his deal with Brooklyn. Right. So, uh, but I'm just saying, like, he, I mean, the same the same thing could be said for Drummond. You know, may, he, like, maybe he wasn't sad. He was just, I mean, he, maybe he was sad that he did get traded because he didn't want to leave. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that there's a lot that goes into it. And it, let's talk a little bit about what the Sixers can do before we move into the Phillies. I don't want to harp too much on the Sixers, but. Uh, well, to who, me, who are a couple of guys that let, let's start off with the wing shooters. Who are a couple of wing shooters that you see? And then let's go into a couple of big guys. Well, to me, the Sixers need guys coming off the bench that can create their own shot. OK, like they Niang is a three point shooter. That's it. You know, he's not a, he's not the guy that's going to come in and be you know, your main bench scorer. Like he's going to you're going to pass the ball. He's going to chuck up a three and that's going to be it. So I think you need guys to come in. And if you need a bucket, you can give them the ball. Like, like you give them the ball, they can create, like they can get on the floor, bring the ball up and get their own shot. That that's, that's what the Sixers need. Um, now I don't know. I mean, is there a guy like that in free agency? I mean, there might be a few, you know, I mean, there's Gary Harris. I don't know if he's really the guy that could do that. Um, I mean, Zach Levine's a free agent, but he's, Probably not gonna come here because he's gonna ask for the bag. Um, I like TJ Warren. I know he was out a lot, if not all of last year, but I mean we've seen in the past that he can be a guy that can get you a bucket. Um, but there's really not much in terms of guys that can do that. Um, I like Tyus Jones from Memphis. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um, and like I said, I like TJ Warren. Um. Gary Harris, but again, there's not much. I mean, you know, Torian Prince, but he's not really that type of guy. But I would, I mean, I would like him. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, there's some, those are some names at guard, maybe. Well, Warren's more of Warren's more of a forward, but you know what I mean. Um, 
but yeah, there's not, I mean, there's a lot of, I'm looking at the unrestricted free agents right now and there's just not a lot. I mean, I like the potential of Lonnie Walker. He's restricted, but I don't know if San Antonio is going to bring him back if someone signs him. Um, just a bunch of old guys here. Well, are there any vet men guys who would actually give us a step up on the bench? Not every single veteran minimum guy is washed. Yeah, let me see. Um, I know Patty, there's not really much going on. Patty Mills is a player option, so he'll probably go back to Brooklyn. Uh, Dennis Schroeder could be something there. Um, I know Jalen Brunson's probably going to get the bag when he leaves Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Lou Williams. I mean, I know he's up there, but Doc loves him. Um, I mean, Brent Forbes is a three-point shooter. Could always add him as well. He's not really a shot creator, but he's a three-point shooter. Um, your boy DiVincenzo is restricted, but I think Sacramento likes him, so they're probably going to keep him. Um, again, I like Lonnie Walker. He's restricted as well, but we'll see. Uh, and then just a bunch of old guys. Um, Wayne Ellington. Yeah. Three-point shooter. Um, Anthony Simons is, is restricted, but again, I mean, he, he could be a guy you look at. He's restricted, but. I like him a lot, and I said that when there was Dame Lillard talk still. Yeah. But. I mean, if, you know, they're not letting go. If you sign him and Portland doesn't want to match it, you could always get something there, but you never know. Um, and then again, bunch of bunch of old guys, Kent Bazemore, Austin Rivers, there's Andre Drummond, Oladip, Victor Oladipo, could, could be something there. Um, could bring back Hole Neto. Uh, Wesley Matthews is a good three-point shooter. Uh, Gary Payton the second for defense, maybe. Same thing with Frank Nalakina. Um are there is there a chance that they make a trade? For for sure. For sure, yeah. I mean I think the I mean Bradley Beal is the big name, obviously, that there's been some rumors, not as of late, but when Harden came over. Um so that's that's definitely an option if if they want to do something like that. But if if it was for Beal, they would give up to give up a lot. Um, starting with Tobias Harris and then going down from there, probably include Matisse Thybul, probably Furkan or Shake or maybe both. I don't know. Um, so that's definitely an option. Um, well, I mean, look, there's a lot that's going to happen. Uh, the draft lottery's coming up soon. Uh, I don't really think there's going to be any trade moves anytime at all soon. If we're being honest. But. Well, the Sixers don't have a pick in the draft, so. Do the Nets, can they switch this year and next year's, or is it the year after? I don't I don't know. I think they can switch this year with next year. I don't know how it works. I might be completely wrong, but I thought I saw if they want to switch it to next year, they would get our pick next year, our first-round pick. So I don't really know. But, again, I might be wrong. So. Alrighty. So, I don't know. Maybe we might have a pick, but I, I don't think so. Well, let's move on from the Sixers. Uh, just another disappointing season. And I'm not going to sit here and be constantly sad about it because if we're not going to lie, I expected it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, going into the series with Embiid hurt, I kind of I kind of expected it as well. But, you know, they gave us some hope and, of course, they ripped it away after that. So they pull you in and then they. uh they lay you down. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies had one hell of a series against the Dodgers. The bats came alive, and the bullpen struggled in the last game, especially uh, blew the game. What do you do? You think that that's going to be the only issue with this team? And do you think that the bats are going to be consistent now that the season is I don't know a month and a half in? Well, that's what you hope, right? I mean, 
that's what they have to do. Um, the lineup, is their strength is the strength of the team. So if they're going to be, if they're going to be con- legit contenders, their lineup's going to have to be solid. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't really know. I, I can't, you know, we've seen them low. We've seen them high. So I don't really know if they can sustain that throughout a whole season. I, I really don't know. Um, but that's what they're going to have to do because as we've seen yet again, their bullpen isn't the strongest. Um, but again, maybe it's just, they're in a funk. I, I don't know. Um, but it was definitely encouraging taking three out of four from a really, really good team. The Dodgers could have swept them, but alas, the bullpen strikes again. Well, look, I mean, Reese Hoskins was dead and is starting to hit the ball a little bit. So you have to look at some pros and cons here. I wouldn't take him completely out of the mud just yet, but that's a good sign that he is hitting the ball and hitting the ball hard. Uh, Alec Bohm has been consistent all year. Kyle Schwarber can't get over 200. Yeah. I, he's still a power threat. I'm not going to say that he's not a good baseball player, but he's not been able to hit as consistently as he has in the past. And I'm not saying that he was a 300 hitter, but I, I expect around 250 from him. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got to be more uh, more consistent. Uh, right now, it's either strikeout or home run. Uh, and that's, you know, that's unfortunately a lot of players right now in the MLB. But, yeah, he, he's got to be uh, – he's definitely got to be better with the batting average for sure. Um, Nick Castellanos, he goes – he hits really well for like four games, and then he'll slump a little bit, and then he'll go right back to it. So – I don't find him to be all that much of a problem at all. I think he's hitting around 275. I, I could be wrong on that, but he was hitting 300 a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah. Couple, so couple of bad games. Yeah, um, yeah. He he's been pretty solid. Um, Jason Segura, of all people. Jason Segura has been really good. Surprisingly, Odubel's been pretty solid as well. Except for swinging at that pitch between his legs. Well, I mean, that's I mean that's classic Odubel, though. Um, and then Harper's been on an absolute tear. Uh, he won Player of the that's Week. That's where I was getting. Yeah, so Harper's been un- unbelievable. Uh, has a UCL tear in his in his arm, um, but still he's just hitting bombs. Um, so I mean, I'm fine with if they keep him in the DH spot. I don't care. That's fine. Castellanos likes right field better anyway. So um, look, UCL tear is usually Tommy John. For a pitcher, so right, right. So, and it's only partial; it's not a full tear. But again, it's still, you know, it's nothing to. He's going to have to have surgery on that at some point. So, if you do see the Phillies fall out of contention early, he's probably going to have surgery. I would assume. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but we'll see. Um, only reason I, re- I remember that happened to um, who is the uh, Pirates outfielder? Crazy name, uh, Xavier Nady. That happened to him, and his career ended. I remember that. Just disappeared off the face of the earth. Well, that's not good. Yeah, I know. And that's why I'm worried about it. Anyways, enough depression in Philadelphia. How about them Phillies, huh? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, JT Real Muto. He's been good. I don't know. I don't really have much to say about him. Not off the charts, but consistent. Is that... Is that the right word looking for? Um, no, he's been he's been solid. He's been okay. I mean, nothing you know, nothing spectacular. Probably a little under what I would expect from him. But yeah, again, it's was, early and I hope close to three hundred for him. And last I checked, he was at like two fifty. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, that it's gonna be pitching for the Phillies, um, as it is every year. Uh, so, like I mean, like I said last year, if they if they don't blow half the games that they blew last year. They would have a hundred wins. So, you know, um, the bullpen, the bullpen, the bullpen, that's yeah, what matters. That's and that's what always ends up messing up. So we'll see. Um, they'll probably, you know, they probably will be moves made. Um, especially if the bullpen continues to struggle, but hopefully it's just, you know, they're in a funk. And again, they're not, 
you know, they're not as bad as they were last year, but it's still not great. You know, it's not, it's not, it's definitely not a contending team bullpen. Um, so hopefully they can bounce back and hopefully the lineup can continue, uh, their hot streak, especially Harper. Uh, yeah, there's not much to add for the Phillies. I mean, they have a series against the Padres and Dodgers at home, and then they go right into a four-gamer against the Braves, and then a three-gamer against the Mets in New York. So they have to really clamp down and make sure that they are able to take some of those games. I, the Mets are absolutely killing it this year. I don't know if that's going to remain a factor. As you know, the Mets, similar to the Phillies, are very prone to having uh, unfortunate events happen to them. So hope that. Well, and the Braves, the Braves are kind of underperforming. I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm not sure a lot of people expected that. I'm. I'm expecting them to bounce back as well because I think they're like three games under 500 right now. So I'm definitely expecting them to to play better. Uh, but they've they've gotten off to a slow start as well. The Phillies are five and a half games out, so yeah, it's so still early. early. Anything can still happen. Early, yeah. It's it's not jump off ship, but they should be performing better. They should they should be above five hundred with the with the roster they have. But encouraging signs as of late, so hopefully they can keep it up. If the bats can stay hot, I see them. And they're able to beat teams like the Dodgers. I could see them taking series wins against the Mets and the Braves and the even yeah. Padres. Yeah, Padres are hot right now, too. So we'll see if they can get some wins against them as well. I think the Padres have Blake Snell coming back this series. So see if the Phillies are able to rough him up. Manny Machado is playing an MVP level. So see what he Look, does. Uh, when he signed with San Diego, I thought that. It was a lunatic move uh, here. I was wrong. <laughs> there, they have a good team. Yeah, and Tatis hasn't even played yet, so that's the scary part. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else to add to this episode. I think that's about it. Real quick, I have a question for you because you're our hockey guy, and I know we haven't talked Flyers really at all this year. Mm-hmm. But, and you know, because again, you know more than I do. Is there anyone that you're looking at that you would like as the Flyers' next head coach? Look, do you want me to give you the answer that every fan would want to hear? Or do you want me to give you what I think the Flyers are going to do? So first off, I would like the uh, answer that most fans want. I I think that most fans would be astonished if the Flyers didn't at least give a call to Barry Trotz. Yes. From the Islanders. And he had success. He had a bad year this year. Look, we suck. What's the worst (laughs) that could happen? I think that if he's able to, he, he had success with the Islanders. I don't quite understand. Yeah. They fell short, but did they have good seasons under him? Yeah. Yeah, they did. I don't think coaching change after coaching change after coaching change after coaching change is the answer. And Mike Yo, he was interim from the start. I did not anticipate them bringing him back whatsoever. Yeah. So Barry Trotz would be my first choice to at least interview. God damn, you got to interview the guy. Yeah, at least. What I think is going to happen... Okay. Look, they're going to – the Flyers are likely to look into another former Flyer. They always (laughs) do. It happens every single time. And let me go down the list of things that's going to happen. Chuck Fletcher is going to get promoted (laughs) but fired at the same time. (laughs) You know know who the last person that happened to was? Mm -hmm. Paul Holmgren. I hate him so much. <laughs> he had so much success and then just screwed the franchise with half the moves he made. Mm. Anyways, and then they're going to hire someone else, like a Ron Hextall, 
They're not going to hire him again, obviously. He's with Pittsburgh, which is the biggest middle finger he's ever given the franchise. And then let that go for a little bit. It's going to stew. It's not going to work out. And then rinse and repeat. The ownership Mm. group doesn't seem to care very much because they thought that everything was fine the way that it was. That's the message I got from their presser when the, everyone was PO'd and people were going outside of the Comcast building with signs saying, sell the team. <laughs> so I know from the rumors that I read and what I think might happen, I think that Chuck Fletcher will get, quote, fired, unquote, uh, promoted, and they'll bring in Danny Briere as the GM. Wow. I love Danny Briere as a player but they yeah. really seem to like him as a front office guy. I, I don't know if it's GM or coach they would give to him. I really haven't looked into it too much just because I've been so dissociated from the Flyers this season. They really yeah. haven't given me any reason to be intrigued with the team whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you can call me whatever you want. You can say that I don't care as a fan if I don't watch them when they're bad, but if you watch the team when they're bad, if everyone does, then the front office isn't going to make any changes because they're profitable. And the only thing Comcast cares about is profitability. So the only way to actually hurt Comcast is to not give a damn about their team. Unfortunately, that's the unfortunate truth of things. Yeah. Business, baby. You you know where it's really going to hurt them? Profits. Don't go to their games. Yeah. It is. That's the unfortunate truth. So when you look at the Flyers from a profitability standpoint, they make money. They do make money. They're a very valuable franchise. They have loyal fans. And I think that I really, truly don't think that Comcast only cares about that. But as long as they're profitable, the first thing on their mind isn't we need to have a winning championship caliber team in this city forever. So I don't know where they're going to go. I don't know how they're going to do it. I Look, it, it's kind of. I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know everything about hockey because I'm not the most intelligent hockey mind. Mm. I know the basics. I'm not an X's and O's guy. I'm a very casual fan who knows a good amount about the sport, but not everything. Yeah. Uh, I know these playoffs have been insane. Yeah. If you haven't been watching them, I hate the Rangers and I hate the Penguins, but that series was nuts. Winning on a shot in the game seven in overtime. It's yeah, just crazy. absolutely insane. So uh, Calgary, they moved on. Uh, Carolina, another team. So yeah, we're really going to see. Florida end up winning? I'm sorry? Did Florida end up winning? Florida did end up winning. Nice. So good for Claude Giroux. That's Giroux. Good. Yep. And, oh, you know, I did, I mentioned this in the intro, so let me not forget. The question I want you to humor me on is everyone brings up the weather debate with the ball when it gets warmer out, the ball yeah. fly. Yeah. In the fall, it's cold again. What's the, what's it matter? If they can't hit in the cold, they can't hit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're back to baseball. This is just most, a general baseball question. Yeah. Most, most of baseball takes place during the summer, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, and even in the playoffs, it's still it's still somewhat warm, uh, unless you know it's until until like the World Series. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it heat definitely makes the ball travel farther. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think that you know, playoff baseball is very popular despite the fact that baseball itself isn't as popular as it used to be, but I think playoff baseball is still pretty popular. So they're not really worried about what's going to happen in the playoffs. I think they're more worried about, you know, the dog days of July and August and, you know, so, um, and we're June, July, August, you, you know what I mean? So like the, the middle of the season, they're worried about, you know, all right. You know, when, when nothing else is on, will people turn on baseball? Yeah. All right. Well, that's fair. I, I think they will at that point. Yeah. So, look, there, there's a lot. I mean, I know me that. and you will because obviously we still love it. But, you know, the, uh, like a casual just baseball fan who, you know, over the last couple of years is starting to lo- lose interest a little bit. Will they 
you know, in, in a, on a Wednesday in July, are they going to be like, all right, you know what? I, I'm going to move for some baseball. Let's turn it on. You know what I mean? Yep. And I do want to go back to the coaching thing too. Another move. Now this was made early. I think it was in 2021, right around the beginning of summer. So right around now or June, uh, the Flyers gave Ian LaPerriere the coaching job in the AHL. Now, mm-hmm. could they have been grooming him for a coaching job in the NHL? Lord, save me if that's the case. <laughs> I'm tired of the same old. It's not working anymore. And people might crap on me. I just want someone in here who wants to win, knows how to win. And Elaine Vigneault, when he came in here, you know, he said BNF and Flyer and all that. And they just fired him anyway after struggling. I get it. But yeah. The last coach that was here that gave me any semblance of hope was Peter Laviolette. Yeah. And Peter Laviolette was a very – seemed like a guy who was hard to work with because of how tough he was, and he might have been. But when Craig Berube took over, he sucked here, and then he goes on, and he's a winner. It doesn't make any sense. There's, there's obviously a, some organizational – faults and problems that they have to get corrected and i i just don't i don't know what the future holds that's my problem yeah but if they don't call barry trots i'd be pissed yeah so that's that's definitely your your number one option is right now i don't see another one i i don't i see a very clear open opportunity to interview a coach who has playoff experience who's led a difficult team not a difficult team but a scrappy team what are the Flyers? What have they always been? A scrappy, yeah. competitive team. When they made it into the second round of the playoffs in the bubble, what were they? A scrappy, competitive team. Young. Didn't come up clutch there, but going into the next two seasons, the fans were hopeful, and then they just disappointed us. Yeah. So it really comes down to consistent play, not slumping as much, and – there's going to have to be some moves. I, I don't know what they are. I know in the draft, uh, the draft lottery didn't go amazing. So, yeah, we were supposed to have the fourth, went down to the fifth. Yep. Because the Devils jumped us. Well, they jumped a few teams, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, let's not. Uh, any guys? Far. Any guys that you think won't be on the team next year? It's too early for me to tell. Okay. The, the team is so bad right now as it sits. <laughs> I don't know who, 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 who's leaving that's going to make that much of an impact. Yeah, I don't know. I really think it's going to come down to who is going to I, – I personally think, again, I think that they're going to do the fire promote thing, bring in someone else, and it's going to be rinse and repeat. I really have – Nothing pointing otherwise for me. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care. I, I don't care. And you I might be thinking, care. you might be thinking, this is this is just the answer of a pessimistic Philly fan. And you might be right. But when it happens, don't come crying to us. If it happens, if it doesn't, you know what? I hope I'm wrong. I hope yeah. maybe they make some right moves. Maybe they maybe we're due for it. But the Flyers historically. Yeah. I remember when I was in high school, man. Oh, dude, I just I remember all of those series. I remember being with my friends, watching these games, getting all hyped up together and. Glory days. They they pulled me right back in 2020 when they (laughs) got the one seed in the bubble and they were doing so good and they brought a game seven and then they came out and played like the Sixers did. And it's just. One thing after another, and that's where I find and now here we are. I find it difficult for any fan to be interested in the team. When the team is this bad, how can you be interested? What I do in these seasons where you know it's a wash early, if you watch a game here and there, cool. Yeah. But I, I don't want to go out of my way to just watch a 6 nothing loss. <laughs> uh, I already have enough difficulty in my life, and I'm not saying that my life is the worst thing in the world, but who wants to go to work all day, then come home, uh, I'm in grad school, so do homework and then watch your favorite hockey team lose. By like four. Yeah. 
every night. Um, so, you know. And when they win, it's like you get an ESPN notification. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. They actually won. Mm. I don't I don't know what to say. If you don't like that answer, cool, good for you. Uh, then you're a better fan than me. That's cool. I'm not the best fan in the world. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and bandwagon, but I am going to say I'm sick and tired of the same S word. Which is ironic because we are the Philly bandwagon. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But I... I, I need I need something. I, I need progress at least. I need yep. something to look at and be thinking to myself, okay, I can enjoy this because I know what the future holds. Yeah. And right now I don't really see that at this point. Okay. Well, that's that's what I want to know. I mean, we haven't talked flyers in a while and you know, just wanted to hear your thoughts. So it's not a very deep thought. I think it's more frustration pouring over than anything. Oh, yeah. And again, if if you're a diehard Flyers fan listening to me and you think that I'm a moron, once again, that's fine. I don't care. I don't care. We are. We're a couple of morons who just like to talk Philly sports. That's what we are. That's exactly what we are. And I've had really bad takes before, too. So you can just call me an idiot, but don't be too mean about it. Just say, yeah, your take is dumb. You you, you can call me out for it, but yeah. Yeah. Please do. I think we've reached our destination for the day. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for every Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can find us on Spotify there. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Wherever your podcasts are available, we're most likely there. If not, shoot us an email at phlthebandwagon at gmail.com. Let us know where to add, and we will go ahead and try to upload to it. Again, we also have a mailbox. If you have any questions, uh, just shoot us an email at phlthebandwagon at gmail.com. You can make it out uh, to Ryan and Chip. And if you have a subject, we'd appreciate it, or it'll go to the spam folder. Uh, Let us know what you want us to talk about, and we will go ahead and try to incorporate it into the show. Uh, We do share weekly polls, so follow us on Twitter at the phlbandwagon. You can follow me at phlryanmichaels. You can follow Chip at phlchiptiernan. Follow PHL Sports Nation as well for all your Philly sports updates. You can go to the WEG shop to get your TVW merchandise. Summer's coming out, sun's out, guns out. Go ahead and get your T-shirts, tank tops, whatever you want. Nice baseball cap. Buy three things. I'm pretty sure there's a discount. So go ahead and bundle. Bundle? Bundle. Uh, Yeah, go ahead and check that out. And, uh, yeah, we also have a Facebook at the PHL Bandwagon. And I don't think that Instagram's coming anytime soon, so. It might, you know, maybe one of these days. Yeah, that'll that'll come about as soon as Tom McCarthy and Greg Murphy are no longer with NBC Sports. Well, I guess we're never making an Instagram. All right, we reached our destination. We'll see you at the next stop. And I don't know, go birds, I guess. Whatever. Go birds.